Welcome to Sabrina Artel's Trailer Talk. I'll bring you all kinds of stories from all kinds of people. Whether it's a live public conversation and we're speaking from the kitchen table of my 1965 Beeline Travel Trailer, from the studios or on the streets, please sit back and enjoy the conversation right here this time every week. I'm Sabrina. This is Trailer Talk, and I'm so excited about the conversation for this episode. It's about repair cafes. It's called a worldwide movement. And I have two neighbors, community members who will be joining me who are very involved with this worldwide movement of repair cafes. Susie Fromer is the coordinator for the Repair Cafe Hudson Valley, Catskills and Capital Region. And that is a program of sustainable Hudson Valley. Jill Padua is the organizer for Repair Cafe Tustin, which is in Narrowsburg, New York, in Sullivan County. And we are going to be talking about what these are. What, what is the, the mission of Repair Cafes? It is about the environment. It's about not tossing things into landfills. It's about stories of objects. It's about community. It's about providing a resource and a network. And it's uh, about community. So these are all things that I'm I'm so interested in. And I have a little secret, which is that I haven't been to a repair cafe, but I am going to be going to one that's coming up in my neighborhood. So we're going to find out more about that during this conversation. Welcome. Welcome, Susie and Jill. Let, let's just jump right in to what is a repair cafe? Well, thank you for having us. We love talking about it. <laughs> yes, we do. We do. Yeah, it's a repair cafe is a it's a free pop-up event that happens in communities. It has to be put on by the community. I am there to support everyone who is putting one on. We have a coordinator, which is an unusual thing because there are so many cafes. There's about 40 in our region that I help. But each one has to have a local organizer like Jill. Jill is our Tustin Narrowsburg organizer, and I support her in small ways. I was able to come to one of them and, and work as a jewelry repairer. But it really is all Jill. I just do a little piece for all of the cafes. And there are places where people come and get their beloved but broken items fixed for free by volunteer repair coaches who are also their neighbors. A repair coach. I love that. I, I could use some coaches like that in my life. And what about you, Jill? I started my repair cafe under a friend, Elizabeth Knight, who's been very involved for many years. Elizabeth used to live in Calicoon, and I've known her for years. She moved to Warwick and started one there and called me and said, Jill, this is right up your alley. I think you got to need to look into this, and which I did. And she was absolutely right. I'm very much an environmentalist. And so she reached out to me and um, being pretty much as local as you can get without being born in the area. My father was born here. You know, you know a lot of people and it made for me, it made it very easy to get this going. You know, I've had a lot of businesses in the area and I was on the town board and da da da. So it was easy for me to find people that were very, very willing volunteers to be part of this. And so it made my job really easy right from the get go. So, you know, anybody that wants to start one, if you know people that can do things, grab them. It's amazing how easy it can be to start a repair cafe. And it's locals helping locals, neighbors helping neighbors, and they all love doing it and come back time after time again. When was this concept of a repair cafe 
founded? How did it begin and then bring us to the United States, I guess, into this region? An environmental journalist in Amsterdam, 2009, Martina Postma, she hatched this idea and she founded the first repair cafe in Amsterdam. And the movement really started in Europe and started to grow there. And I think that what the story is that there was a New York Times article about it. It was either 2012, probably. John Wackman, who was a retired public television producer, and he lived in New Paltz, and he saw the article. And just like us, the concept of Repair Cafe just spoke to him. He ended up going to Amsterdam and checking it out, seeing what it was all about, and brought it back, brought it back to New York. He opened the first one in this region in 2013 in New Paltz. And so this year, we're actually celebrating our, our 10th anniversary because that is 10 years that Repair Cafe Hudson Valley has has existed. So it's the 10th anniversary of Repair Cafe in this region, yeah. in the New York region. Is it spreading to other parts of the U.S.? Yes. We had the amazing opportunity, you know, this past Earth Week, Earth Day, we ended up being on the Today Show. Uh, we had been reached uh, out to by a um, climate reporter from NBC who had actually seen a flyer because Elizabeth Knight, who Jill just mentioned, ended up moving in December to Jersey City. And of course, she opened up a repair cafe. <laughs> the climate reporter was a local. Uh, he lives in Jersey City and his wife saw the flyer and, and looked into it. And they so they anyway, they reached out to us and we ended up putting on a repair cafe in 30 Rock Plaza, which was a lot. And it really got, it really, um, a lot of people saw it. And apparently within a very short time of it airing, the international website for Repair Cafe uh, was sort of um, crashed because so many people went to the site. So I think a lot of people now are hearing about it and we're very excited about that. That's really incredible. And my understanding of it is, is that there are thousands of repair cafes yes. at this point yes. around the world. I believe there are about 2,500 repair cafes worldwide right now. The majority of them being in the Netherlands still. There's only about 160 in the United States, but we're making that grow. Yes. You're making that grow. And I understand in addition to, well, the Netherlands and Paris Europe. Has, England has a very big movement. I mean, they're not all called repair cafes. Sometimes they call themselves a little bit different things. So they're not all registered with the International Organization of Repair Cafe. But this is really a movement of people. And we're all a little bit connected. We, we really have a lot of ways that we talk to each other and, and keep up and support one another. So the idea is not to throw things away, right? Not to dispose of them, toss them and to then come together at these cafes. Can you describe how do you choose what's being repaired and, and find the people that have those skills? Well, I can say for me, uh, you know, being local, I knew a lot of people that could that I thought could repair. And I reached out. We have a wonderful Upper Delaware Community Network. Put it out in there. I put it out in the newspapers. I just re and reached out to people I knew to get the repairers. Getting the people to come in with repairs to have you know, to bring in their things to be fixed. That's also pretty easy. It's amazing, uh, you know, what, what folks might have. And I advertise through the internet, through posters, through everything I can. Each time I get a, a new fixer uh, person or repair coach, um, you know, who's coming? Who's coming this time? It's not always the same. We, you know, we often have somebody, for example, that fixes bicycles. 
and I have two people, but neither of them are available this week, you know, for our next one. But we have, you know, wood, things wooden, uh, mechanical, electrical, sewing, knitting, crocheting. We had, you talk about stories. We had a woman last, uh, our last cafe, who brought in this sweater that she daughter must have ripped the arm millions of years ago, you know, and she loved this sweater. And the team took it on, the woman who does knitting and the woman who does crocheting, and took on this whole looks brand new and they took a while to figure out how to make it work and you know so this this client this this patron of it of it is so happy to have her sweater back it's, you know she just never wanted to give up on it but it had a major hole this picture's on the internet on that that's you incredible know. what did yeah. i using well it was pretty incredible because i mean one of the things that is so amazing about repair cafe is this we're saving skills from past generations and we're passing them down. We're teaching younger people. I mean, what, what she's describing is, is sort of darning, right? And I, and I thought I knew things because I came from an antique background. My parents owned an antique shop. And I thought when I sewed socks, I was darning them. But no, darning is actually to make a patch, a, like a knit patch that goes over the hole. And I mean, these are skills that some people have, but not a lot. And so we're we're sharing those. We're passing them down to the next generation. One of my issues is, is there's not right now enough of the next generation that seems to be interested in. It's getting younger people out. I have somebody called me this week with a six-year-old who is so interested in mechanical and electrical. Can I bring my son to watch? That's fine. Absolutely. Bring them on. (laughs) Right. And there's the whole movement, of course, not to throw away clothing and and to recycle and I love this idea of repair coaches and fixers who doesn't want one in their life. I do. And I'm wondering, Susie, if you have some stories that you would want to share as well. And also please share with our listeners that you are a fixer. I got involved locally. I actually live in Irvington, New York. I am in Westchester near the Tappan Zee Bridge. And I got involved in 2019 with first Hastings Cafe over here. Because I do jewelry. I make jewelry and I do some, I sort of got into jewelry repair. I'd always done upcycling of vintage things. I used to go with my parents when we were antiquing and I was bored. So I used to purchase and and sort of upcycle antique jewelry, a lot of um, turning earrings that were previously for unpierced ears into something wearable for pierced. So I had that background, but I really got into the repair work through the cafe and I really enjoyed it. It's interesting because a lot of the jewelry that people bring is what we would call costume, right? It's not valuable, but the people who who have worn it, who inherited it from their grandmother, it's very precious to them, but it's just prohibitive to go to an actual jewelry store and get it fixed because it isn't fine gold. It isn't this, it isn't that. It isn't worth putting that much money into it. And so that's sort of where Repair Cafe really fills a very, very important niche because I can repair their things for free. And they haven't now spent way more than the cost in the actual item to preserve the item. I'm looking at this post that went across social media. If you have something that needs fixing, you know, a certain part, bring bring that part. So, you know, bring a zipper if you know your item needs a zipper or, you know, that sort of thing. It's an incredible list here. And this is one repair cafe. You mentioned, Susie, of course, that they're happening all over the place. What are some of the items or or are you finding, you know, are common items perhaps that people are bringing? Lamps. Lamps Lamps are number one (laughs) in our region anyway. Toasters, vacuums. 
Yeah, uh, three three of the biggest ones that we get for sure. Well, yeah. see, now I'm so sorry I got rid of my old Electrolux. <laughs> you know, it makes me think of items that I didn't know who could fix yes. them. Mm-hmm. And there isn't someone in my county. And so eventually it was taking up room that I didn't have and I got rid of, but I'm thinking of that, you know, that red and yellow old Electrolux <laughs> vacuum cleaner <laughs> I still miss. So repair cafes really provide a place for this. And also, you know, I'm so interested as you're mentioning some of the stories and the histories of items for people. Yeah. So actually at the last Tustin cafe, I, um, I always close out the cafe. There's always a lot of jewelry at certain cafes and this woman came in and, you know, but I can't say no. I mean, you're there. She's there. It was this beautiful piece she had put together. She had tried to put it together, three different bracelets. And I understand this. I'm so I'm a jewelry maker and I don't like making bracelets so much because they're so thin and then it's so much work to put them on and off. So she had put three together so she could put them on together because she had arthritis. And so she also wanted a magnetic clasp because it is a lot easier to put on and off a magnetic clasp, but she just couldn't do it. She just was not able to do it anymore. And she had put it aside on her table. And I think it had sat there for a long time. And I was able to redo it. And, you know, this is what I do. So I really wanted to make it perfect. You know, I took a little more time, made it really nice. And she was so happy. She almost cried because she was like, this has been sitting on my table. I couldn't get to it. I couldn't do it. And I was able to just take the time and do it for her. And and I almost cried. I mean, it's, it's just amazing. You know, it's. I love jewelry and I love helping people be able to wear their jewelry. That's, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that, Susie. Jill, anything you want to add? We had a gentleman bring in uh, this very large antique um, (laughs) figure that um, for our, uh, and it was wooden and it was broken in a number of spots. And we, it was like watching a surgery in a hospital. The wood, the woodworkers, got together, they all teamed up on how best to put this together. And it went home in one piece and and the, the customer is thrilled with it. But there's there's a series of photos on <laughs> Facebook and, and other places that I posted on, on it's, you know, uh, get <laughs> really, um, I have to, I should find that the quote that, that Bruce said about fixing that particular piece, because it was really interesting. Um, it was different than anything they've done. You know, they fix chairs, they fix your jewelry box, they fix all sorts of things, but this was unique and it was a challenge and they had a ball doing it. Oh, I love that story. It makes me think of, you know, I have a couple of chairs, you mentioned chairs, but they have a long history for me of my grandparents and and how the chairs ended up here in the United States and they were made at the probably the turn of the 20th century, you know, if not before, and they care, they hold these stories for me that are personal. And so I have in the corner of my closet, you know, this completely broken chair, this wood that I don't even know what kind of wood it is. And I just, I can't throw it away. Keep thinking I'm going to find someone who will know how to use glue and how to put this kind of of chair together, but it's fascinating what you're talking about because it is connected to, as you say, the environment, not loading up landfills with all kinds of things, and also taking a stand 
about these times that we're living in, which are about such a kind of consumer culture and that an attitude that most things are disposable. I like to say that Repair Cafe really helps you change your relationship with your things because you all of a sudden start thinking, well, what can I say? Just hearing you interview us, you know, wait, what about the, I, you know, and sometimes you have gotten rid of something because you don't, you didn't know where to fix it. But a lot of times we realize we still have things or just the concept of I'm going to hold on to this until the next Repair Cafe or until I figure this out. Just the thought that you can fix things is sort of revolutionary to a lot of people. This idea that something can be fixed and also then you were talking about a loss of skills of how to do many things. Yes. yes. And, I mean, I and- grew up in an unusual household where, you know, my father was restoring antique furniture in the side room. And so when I went to college, I ended up working in the jewelry studio because I that was very, hand, you know, the hands-on tools and making was very important in my household, but that's unusual. And I think that especially we have a lot of retired electrical engineers or other people who just liked to tinker. And that has sort of gone away because today I have two boys. Today's youth wants to play video games and they're just less involved with the mechanical and with the making of the objects because it's just so many literally bells and whistles and lights. And it's just designed to be attractive, the dopamine and all those delivery systems. And so they're just not able to look at it in the same way. And, and, um, so whenever we can reach someone young who's interested in the, the the magic behind the the object, it's it's important to nurture that. It is fascinating. Of course, I'm thinking of perhaps older things that have history in my life, but also repair cafes. They're about repairing new items as yeah. well that so often get tossed. Correct. So every cafe has, you know, obviously a different population, and whoever you have in your town. And so we have a, we have a few people I call super fixers because they like to go to a cafe almost every weekend. And that's where I am. So I see them as I'm going through different areas. We have a welder. He's a welder professionally and he drives his truck up and he, poor guy, has to be outside in the cold <laughs> waiting for people. But I mean, I brought my colander because it had come undone and he welded my colander for me at the last one I saw him at. He welds pots. He, you know, he's a spot welder and it's just it's just an incredible thing to to see people who do it professionally giving back. Other mm-hmm. times it's people who just do it as a hobby, but they just love it. You really do see people giving almost every weekend because it's such such an awesome activity for them to participate in. It's problem solving. It keeps you stimulated and it's social for them too. So it's pretty lovely all around. It certainly yeah. sounds that way. I've been wanting to go to one locally for quite a long time. And uh, and have been wanting to have a conversation about them because it's an incredible movement. How do people start one? That's the bigger question. But then how does someone become a fixer in whether it's Jill, yours, the Repair Cafe Tustin, or Susie, you know, you're the coordinator I get inquiries all the time from people who are curious and kind of want to be a fixer, but don't really know how to start. And I mean, one thing we are very, very supportive of is you don't have to be a professional. If you want to come fix, come. We will mentor you. We will show you what we do. And you're probably handier than you think. Everyone, I think, is a little worried that they're not going to be amazing at fixing. But any skills you have, we are happy to have at our disposal, even if it's just gluing. That's really important, actually. We glue a lot. 
And it sounds like there's opportunity for a kind of mentorship as well. I, I know, Jill, you mentioned uh, someone's son wanting to come. Yeah, he's, he's quite young, but he, he's going to grow right into this. This and idea I, that you can come with an interest even in learning mm-hmm. something and you can watch and, and even learn from the fixers who, and we who are on board. That. We encourage that everybody sits with their fixer and learns how it has been fixed. So you can maybe at least know the next time if you don't have the tools, you might need a part and you know what to do. Or you could ask, you know, a friend, do you have this kind of screwdriver? And I can fix it now because now I've learned how. We do encourage people to sit with the fixers, you know. Yeah. And, and, and we're also always looking for new kinds of fixers. For example, clocks. Very rare to find people that can actually fix clocks anymore. We're not talking um, digital clocks, you know. Well, and, and I want to mention even in our county, I think there's perhaps one shoemaker in the entire county. And that's something that's another lost skill, it seems, at least right. in our region. And I do also want to mention that uh, I know, Susie, you said there's somebody interested in starting a repair cafe in Livingston Manor, which is in Sullivan County, New York. I know that through Catskill Mountain Keeper, there's one in Hurleyville that's also been happening in my Mm -hmm. county. And then, of course, Jill, the repair cafe Tustin, also in Sullivan County. Yeah, I'm in touch with everyone. We really support each other. If anyone has a question, uh, if anyone needs a fixer. You, you know, we email, hey, I, can you send this out to your list because I'm short on this? And obviously it depends on, you know, by region, but some of these, some people will travel and uh, enjoy it a lot and really get to enjoy um, meeting other people. That was actually the, one of the nicest things about the crazy cafe we just did in, in Rockefeller Plaza was having people introduce each other from just the far reaches of our of our network. And just, it was pretty incredible. That is incredible. Is there anything else that you'd both like to share? One of the main things that I do is support new cafes. So if anyone hearing this says, I don't have one of these in my town, I'd really like to, please reach out to me. I'm through, you can reach me any channel, any channel for Repair Cafe Hudson Valley is me on Facebook, Instagram, web, it's all me. And we send out some information to help you get started. And, uh, and that's really helpful. We share forms. It, 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 there is a process where you do also um, join the international organization, but we give you a little bit more New York-centered support, and we're happy to to have you on board. So please reach out. Thank you, Susie. Jill? We encourage, you know, to bring any item you can, even if you think it cannot be fixed, because these volunteers are so talented often, and they're, they, can, they can be miracle workers, truly, on what they do. Um, and they all love it. It's such a community event. Get to know your neighbors, you know, at, at, at all of these events. Walk around, see what people can do and what you can learn from them. It's it's a win-win situation. Keep it out of the landfill. Keep it out of the landfill. Thank you both so much for talking about repair cafes. They're open and and welcoming to all. You don't have to be from that town. We get people traveling, especially in the areas where there is so common. You might go to one one weekend and then go to a different one the next weekend with the part that you needed. And we support and encourage that. We're just it's open to everyone. That's great to know that you don't need to be from that town or county. One of the things is if for anybody that's listening, if you know of youth, teenagers, whatever, who are interested in anything mechanical wooden, you know, I've reached out to BOCES and I've reached out to 
schools and they have they still have these shop classes and youth are not coming uh, so in, here in Narrowsburg anyway to learn to be part of this to expand their you know these guys will be mentors you know these these folks that we have and you know we'd love to have some more youth involved these folks are all retired and it's it's a wonderful as i say com for a community but getting youth out because you know these folks are not going to be around forever thank you jill susie one of the amazing parts of repair cafe that it is free we yep. do this all volunteer we do sometimes charge for pieces literally what the piece costs that's what's so amazing about it is everyone is just there because they want to be and it's a service for the earth for the community it's it's um it's pretty incredible Thank you both so much. This is wonderful. I'm excited to go to my first repair cafe. I've been speaking with Susie Fromer, who is the coordinator for Repair Cafe Hudson Valley, Catskills, and the Capital Region of New York. That is a program of sustainable Hudson Valley. And Jill Padua, who is the organizer for Repair Cafe Huston in Narrowsburg, New York, and to find out more uh, locally uh, in, in the Hudson Valley, please visit repaircafehv.org. And for the international uh, website and information, perhaps you want to start one somewhere in your community, please visit repaircafe.org. And remember to click on English when you go to that site. Uh, you'll get some choices there. We are in the 10th anniversary celebration for the founding of Repair Cafes in this New York region. And if you have any questions for Jill Padua, who is the organizer for the Repair Cafe Tustin in Arrowsburg, New York, she welcomes you to reach her at repaircafetustin at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you, Jill. Thank you, Susie. Thank you for having us, Sabrina. Thank you so much. We really appreciate the opportunity. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you both. Bye. Have a great day. Bye, Thanks. Susie. Good to see bye, you. Bye. Yeah, you too. <laughs> I've been speaking with Susie Fromer, who is the coordinator for Repair Cafe Hudson Valley, Catskills, and the Capital Region of New York. That is a program of sustainable Hudson Valley. And Saturday is a big day in this region of New York. So if you happen to be in the area, and you're in my county of Sullivan, the Repair Cafe is happening from 11 to 3 p.m. at the Tustin Town Hall. Now that's underneath the Tustin Theater. And if you want to find out more about what's happening in this region, perhaps you want to join, all are welcome wherever they're happening. They're free events. Please visit repaircafe.org. If you want to find out what's happening in this region, and they're happening all over the area, they're free and all are welcome, please visit repaircafehv.org. And if you want to reach out to Jill, she welcomes your correspondence at repaircafetustin at gmail.com. And if you want to find out what's happening all over the world, there's a lot of information at repaircafe.org. And remember to click on English for that. Thank you all so much for listening. From the kitchen table out on the road, I'm Sabrina Artell. Thanks for joining me for Sabrina Artell's Trailer Talk. 
The music for the show, Patti Smith, People Have the Power. Trailer Talk is produced by Sabrina Artel. For more information, please visit trailertalk.net. Special thanks to WJFF Radio Catskill and the numerous people who have donated their time, resources, and conversations to make Trailer Talk possible. Thank you all who joined me in these conversations. I'm Sabrina Artel. Safe travels.